Hello and welcome to Blue Brothers 2, this time it's personal. I am your host Brandon and with me as always is Caleb. Caleb, how's it going? Uh, it's going pretty good. It's odd. It's a Friday night when we're recording, so I mean, you can't go wrong with a Friday night. Yeah, it's, it's kind of odd, isn't it? Recording on a Friday night. <laughs> yeah, this whole week's this been weird. Be first. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of sounds like it. Um... So what have you been watching? Anything interesting? Uh, well, we were just talking before we got started here, going back and, you know, my wife and I are just kind of not sure what to watch on Netflix. So we've just been putting on The Office in the background, starting back over at the beginning. But um, I don't think I, I, I don't even know how I landed on this. I think I was putting the kids to bed. And I had to lay down with one of them because they were, you know, having a hard time going to sleep. So I was laying down in their room uh, until they fell asleep. And so I just pulled up Netflix and started watching uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet. Wreck-It Ralph Breaks the Internet. Oh, yeah, we watched that. Yeah, so I hadn't seen it before. I watched it. It was long. Yeah, surprisingly. Yeah, but it was it was okay. It was pretty good. Um, outside of that, I mean, uh, nothing really movie wise. Mostly sports this week. So, but Wreck It Ralph was pretty good. I I always have an appreciation for a good animated film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I want. I thought I thought about it. Well, okay, I did more than I thought about. It. I actually went to college to start <laughs> going into animation, but then I decided against it because I didn't think I'd be good enough to do the fun stuff. I'd probably get stuck doing the boring stuff. <laughs> right. So what about you though? Uh, just some odds and ends of stuff. Um, man, I think since the last time we talked, uh, I watched uh, silence of the lambs. Uh, okay. Um, it's, I've watched it a few times. Uh, it's just a great movie. The acting's like amazing in it. Um, yeah, really, really good movie. Classic. Uh, you know, other than that, uh, kind of like you, uh, sports, uh, <laughs> we've been watching the office kind of on and off as well. Uh, it's just one of those shows I can go back and just watch like a hundred times and you're always picking up on different things. Oh yeah. So it always stays kind of interesting. Uh, you know, before we started recording, I watched on the sci-fi app for the sci-fi channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie called the Banana Splits movie. Okay. It so apparently like the Banana Splits Adventure Show or something like that was like a kid show with people in like silly costumes, like dressed up like as uh, animals. All right. And uh, it was like in the nineteen late sixties, early seventies. And somehow, like, in this last year, somebody made a horror movie out of it, where now the characters are, like, animatronic, kind of like... Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah, kind of like Chuck E. Cheese, or, like, Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, jeez. And, like, they go around, they, like, go berserk, because they're canceling the show, and they go around and kill people. (laughs) When when was this made? It was made this past year, like, this year. Wow. Because it said 2019. Um... I've been seeing stuff for it on Twitter, and I was like, what the heck is this? That a guy at work was telling me he watched it, and he thought it was pretty decent, and so I decided to give it a watch. Um, 
I mean, it's really corny. I mean, it's a sci like, I don't know if it was made by the Sci-Fi Channel or whatnot, but I know it premiered on the Sci-Fi Channel. Okay. So, it, I don't know. It was fun. It was, <laughs> there's a few things that just made me laugh. So, it was entertaining. I'll give it that. Nice. That, that uh, does sound know, entertaining. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you had a chance, watch it. That there's The special effects are actually pretty good. And there's not like too much CGI, so you know I can appreciate like the practical effects used. Oh, nice. Um, you know, other than that, and that's you know that's really pretty much it. Other than football and you know just the normal shows that we watch every week. Yeah. But, all right, and with that, we can move on to our little mini segment that we always have. It's uh, did you know? This week, it is Caleb's turn, so let me hear what you got. So you know what that means. That means it's going to be awesome. <laughs> that was your. That was a great moment for you to use your... Uh, your... Oh, if I hit the right one, right? <laughs> there we go. Well, actually, interesting... Well, I mean anything that i say would probably fit into this because this is definitely a weird one and it's coming at you from the year 1939 there was a novel that came out that year called gadsby g-a-d-s-b-y not gatsby gadsby so not to be confused with the popular movie book whatever um, but did you know that that is the longest book ever published that does not contain the letter E? What? Yes. How is it even possible? I don't even know. So they, they couldn't use the. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I saw this and I, it like blew my mind. So it is a 50,000 word novel without the letter E. That's crazy. Like they couldn't say the, they couldn't say here or there or he or where she, she, yeah. Like I don't, I I am them. (laughs) I have to see this book now. Like, I don't know if there is any place local or maybe it's at the library I don't know if I'm motivated enough to buy it, but I want to You might to be able to it. find it, like a PDF or something online of it. Yeah, maybe. You look um, hard enough. The funny, uh, funny thing about it is it was written by Ernest Vincent Wright, so he has two E's in his, or three E's in his name. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if he like had a personal issue against having so many E's in his name. Um, but let's see. It's not the only book that's ditched the letter E. There's also now this is pretty funny. Um, I mean, I butcher it because I think it's he's a French writer, but it's Georges Perec. So he has four E's, <laughs> and he, he's a French. Uh, it's a French language book, La Desperation. Uh, and it is without the letter E in 1969. So that is the longest 
French book without the letter E. Mm-hmm. And so they said how astounding it is considering that E is the most commonly used letter not only in English, but also French. That's crazy. Yeah, that uh, it, it really piqued my curiosity. So I am, I will be digging into this. If I find something online and can read part of it, um, I, I will have an update someday. If I don't find it online, I will try to hunt the book down. Rock. So. Little George. Georges. Georges de Pivier. I, <laughs> I think it's I think it's George. But for some reason they put an S at the end of it. Yeah, I don't know. Pronunciation is not my uh strength, so I, uh, I just... most of my pronunciation comes from um like hockey players' names. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and I know French Canadian guys if they're if it's spelled Georges, it's usually just George. 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 Usually I just like lean into the the wrong way because I, I know it's going to be wrong. So may as well just make it really wrong. Yeah, you might as well just slaughter it. Yeah. And speaking of slaughtering, uh, we will go into our main topic. Sticking with the theme of the Halloween season, our main topic this week is favorite horror movies and horror video games. <laughs> I wish I had uh, a scream, just a scream, but we don't have that. I should have. I should have oh done my a god. Oh my god! <laughs> I, oh, I thought I had that somewhere. Maybe I don't. Uh, so short little side story here. Speaking of, oh my God, um, there is a professional wrestling YouTube channel that I follow called wrestling with regret. Nice. And the guy on there, he does like reviews of just things that's happened in wrestling. And he did like a retrospective on the character of gold dust in WWE. Mm-hmm. And when the gold dust character started out, like he, um, was like a like a cinephile you know someone obsessed with movies and he would like he would when he would do his promos and everything he would drop like movie quotes nice and so when this guy started off this video he did like his impression had his face painted up like gold dust and he's dropping movie quotes but like all the movie quotes were from terrible movies perfect so so one of them he did was they're eating her and then they're going to eat me. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I found it. Yeah, as soon as he did that, I've lost it. Uh, nice. That that's a movie we should talk about sometime, is troll too. <laughs> yeah, we definitely need to. It really just fits into the the wide scope of the movies that we we watch. Yeah. That that is uh yeah, that would just be another awesomely bad movie review. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So okay, well just to get started, um I'll start off you know, we we've got two of each here, both of us. Um 
And they're not necessarily like my two favorite ones, but just two horror movies that I really enjoy. Um, and the first one is, I mean, it's a classic. Mostly everybody has seen it, you know, especially with, you know, still sequels and remakes and all this kind of stuff still coming out. And it's uh, 1978's Halloween, uh, which was made by John Carpenter. It was a super low budget movie at the time. I, I believe it cost like $300,000 and it made somewhere around like 70 million in the box office. Hmm. Um, for the amount of turnaround on it, it, I believe it's still like one of the top five most profitable um, independent movies ever. Nice. And just one of the most profitable movies. Um, I think the Blair Witch Project still is the number one most profitable movie ever made. Yeah, that was stupid cheap. Because I, I believe its budget was even lower than that of Halloween, and it was made like 20 years later. Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I have to believe it's got to be a less or a smaller budget. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, mostly everybody's seen Halloween, but if you haven't, uh, you know, Halloween, it revolves around... A an escaped mental patient by the name of Michael Myers goes back to his his childhood town and starts hunting down um, babysitters and killing them. And in the meantime, his psychiatrist, uh, Doctor Loomis, played by Donald Pleasance, is trying to hunt him down with the help of police and stop him. Um, you know, super basic basic plot. It really kind of kickstarted the slasher genre. Which is my favorite like subgenre of, of horror. Uh, you know, there was movies that predated it. You know, like Psycho and Black Christmas. It, it took heavily from Black Christmas, but you know, Halloween was like the first one to really get mainstream attention, and you know, kind of put the horror genre on the map. You know, after that, there was tons of ripoffs of it. Um, you know, a few that just pop into my head as offerings as one of them was like a complete ripoff of Halloween, <laughs> which I watched um, last year, I believe, or earlier, like early, early this year, something like that. Um, and even, you know, the Friday the 13th series wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Halloween. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if you guys have never seen it, check it out. Uh, I'm, I feel like mostly everybody has, has seen at least part of it. Uh, it's still... Got really good atmosphere, and I don't know. It's just it's just a classic at this point. Uh, oh, so, yeah. what's your first one? Uh, my first one, and so I, we were talking the other day about this topic, and I was trying to remember all of the uh, horror movies I've seen, uh, anything that fit into this genre, because my list is a lot shorter than Brandon's. Um, but I. Um, I don't think I got through everything. And this one is definitely, I feel like this is probably my favorite one. Um, I think kind of it, it, it just is above everything else. I mean, I, I, uh, it's came out, uh, when I was still in high school and I just remember like people were talking about it. Usually I kind of don't watch movies. Um, when people are just raving about it and everything. But one of my friends saw it and he's like, dude, you really enjoy this movie. 
So he uh, went back and saw it with me, and then one of our other friends went with us, and the movie is Saw. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody is familiar with it, uh, kind of as you were saying with yours. Um, but just the... Uh, it, I'm, I'm really into psychological thrillers and things like that, and so this is kind of, I feel like, more of a psychological horror um kind of horror it's considered horror mystery thriller i guess um but it just was so unique and then also not to really spoil anything even though it is you know over 15 years old or is 15 years old um the twists at the end and everything that they do just totally those it had so many things i like when i want to watch a really good movie I don't want to mm-hmm. just be entertained, but I want you to do something that I haven't seen before um, whenever possible. And so they, they did a really good job with that. Um, actually, really kind of, it's one of a, the more I was thinking about it, too, getting ready for tonight, it's really kind of a complex movie considering all the uh, different moving parts and the different um, plot lines that it has yeah. with the different characters. And they did a really good job with it. Um and making it easy to follow and it just i don't think and you might be able to tell me this for sure brandon it's not it wasn't really the first of its kind but it really kind of started a trend and there were a lot of other movies uh that came out afterwards that were kind of doing similar things with it yeah um it kind of started its own subgenre which became known as uh torture porn i'm yeah, not sure why they call it torture that. porn but yeah. um yeah i mean because like people tend to forget how good the first saw movie was yeah and how different it is from all the other sequels mm-hmm. like the first saw one was more about um the characters and like they're kind of dive into madness i guess yeah, and then the twist at the end that you like do not see coming, and it was more about the two guys locked in that bathroom trying to find a way to survive. And yeah. after that, it just became more about how can we kill these people off? Yeah, in the in the most gruesome or most messed up or yeah, yeah. and it, and I don't just the first one like you said. There's so many like overlapping stories. There's the two characters, their back backstory, and why they're in the position they're in. There's um, the cops that are trying to find them, mm-hmm. um, and then there's you know other kind of shorter stories and backstories of the the other people that they show in traps, like earlier in the movie. Yeah, and then even the killer himself, like there's the, a story with him as well. Mm-hmm. And it's just a whole bunch of different things coming from different angles that kind of just weave together to make the movie. Yeah. Yeah, no, and they did a really good job with it. And I do agree with you. Like, they, the sequels that they made did not, the second one did an okay job. But then after that, it really, like, went off the rails. But so much with the first one was, it, well, it was so um, confined because, like you said, it was the two guys in the bathroom and they dove deep into their their stories, their past, who they were, how they got there, you know, mm-hmm. what was happening. 
And then when they went from there, they kept adding more and more people. So they couldn't spend that time to be like, you know, learn and understand this person. And then it's just like their world is turned upside down. So, yeah, they, they kind of got away from that, which I understand that it's kind of difficult. It would be kind of difficult to do that over and over again. But, mm-hmm. yeah, the first one is just is just a fantastic movie. Yeah, and it's even one of those two, like, yeah, it's got the twist ending. And the first time you watch it, it just, like, blows your mind. But you can watch it more times after that and still appreciate the movie as a whole. Oh, yeah. It's not and, like, you know, some of the M. Night Shyamalan movies will have a twist at the end of it. But, um, you know, the whole impact is lost after the first viewing. Yeah, and then you hate Saw, yourself. Yeah, and then, but with Saw, I feel like, I don't know, you can just kind of appreciate it for what it is every single time you watch it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you said, the second one, um, still tried with that a little bit, um, gave some backstory, and then it also has a twist at the end that was that you don't see coming. Um, and the third one as well, I feel like the first three are the only ones like truly worth watching. Which one was the third one? I gotta look this up. Uh, the third one, they give a little, they give a lot more backstory on the killer himself because, you know, it starts off with, he passed away and then they had, they're doing like the autopsy on him. Okay. Yeah. That one, it relies, relies a little more on the traps, but there's still that you can still see that they were trying, I guess. Mm -hmm. So like really make, make a good quality movie. And then after that, it just kind of fell off the deep end. Yeah. Actually, I have a couple before we go to your next one. I do want to interject and say I have a couple did you knows here. Okay. Um, Not that anybody would really know this, but um, I actually, since I went to an art college to pursue pursue computer animation, um, it was an art college that actually a lot of um, people from kind of the movie entertainment industry would sometimes send, send their kids to because it fed really well into that industry. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I went to school with um, a girl and her father was the one who worked on saw and created the mask that broke open. That was supposed to open, break open the girl's jaw. Yeah. The reverse bear trap. Yep. And uh, w- I'm remembering that because I'm looking at it and it was on the, <laughs> cover this the movie uh mm-hmm. the other interesting thing about this series um that was kind of cool that i found out was i went to college with somebody i don't think you met her um and she was apparently friends or knew through different people the second one the uh the cop's son that was mm-hmm. you know taken yeah uh, he uh, she knew him uh he played kind of uh well, no, actually, he, he did have uh, quite a big role in that. I was thinking one part specifically. But, yeah, she knew him through um, through some stuff. So nice. that was just kind of interesting. I thought the coolest part was the mask part, though. But that was just me. I really yeah, want... that become, like, the most memorable trap, probably, of them all. Yeah, I really wanted to meet him. I was hoping <laughs> that he'd come visit. Cause I, yeah, that he, would, been... he would have had some really cool stories, I bet, yeah. Yeah. Also, I just kind of want to know what else he worked on, too. Right. Yeah, just there could probably could have been a lot of really interesting things that he did. Yeah, because he was a special effects guy, and so some of the stuff he did was like the whole like fake blood stuff. 
Yeah, and all that's really interesting. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Tom Savini, Mm-mm. but he is like known as like the master of practical effects, and he did like a lot of special effects for a lot of like horror movies in the eighties, especially a lot of slasher movies, like the original Friday the Thirteenth. He did uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Four, uh, Dawn of the Dead, and Day of the Dead. He did those. Okay. Um, he actually directed a remake of Night of the Living Dead, and he, he's done some other stuff too. Uh, I believe he had a hand in the Grindhouse movies. Okay. Um, yeah, some of the stuff he does is just amazing, and for like a small budget, and uh, making all these masks and you know head explosions and all that stuff was always one of his favorite things, and. <laughs> you know, if you've ever seen like a good head explosion, it's always pretty hilarious. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I could give like a bunch of stories and stuff about Halloween though too. Um, but I probably will probably say that maybe for like a, a future review or something down the road. Um, there's a, there's a lot of cool stuff with that movie that I can mention. Nice. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, I can go on here to my next one. Um, It's another one that probably most people have seen, and it's actually my favorite horror movie. Uh, And I mentioned it before when we were talking about movies we've seen the most in our life. Mm -hmm. And I I believe it was on my list, and I I know I mentioned it probably for like the most watched horror movie that I've seen. And uh, that's the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. and that's another one that was a very like low budget movie. I'm, I'm not entirely sure the exact amount, but I know it was the first like big feature film that New Line Cinemas did, and uh, it was written by written and directed by Wes Craven. Uh, you know, super small budget. It pretty much made New Line Cinemas. Like if it wasn't for Nightmare on Elm Street, New Line Cinemas probably would have never existed. Uh, which is crazy to think about because they had so many movies uh, come after that. Uh, you know, just the the idea was like original and like gave like the slasher genre kind of like a breath of fresh air. Uh, by the time it came around in 1984, like the genre was like slowly starting to dwindle away. You know, everything was repetitive. Like I mentioned earlier, everything was ripping off Halloween. So. Uh, when Nightmare on Elm Street came out, it really like rejuvenated it, and it ended up getting its own bunch of ripoffs too. Uh, two that I've actually seen lately, uh, and that's uh, Prom Night Two and um, Dream Maniac, which was just bad. <laughs> <laughs> Prom, Prom Night Two is, is bad, but it's like entertaining and funny bad. Uh, which is it's actually one of Seth Rogen's favorite movies. <laughs> nice. Uh, he was on a podcast that reviewed it not too long ago. It was pretty great. Uh, but yeah, Dream Maniac was just was just bad. But uh, I, I'm sure everybody knows what Nightmare on Elm Street is about. But I mean, if for some reason you don't know, uh, it's about a child murderer named Freddy Krueger who was burned alive in his in his house, I believe, or in a boiler room by the neighborhood parents uh, because he, he he was able to get away from prosecution like a loophole something like 
somebody didn't fill out the correct paperwork or something like that, so he ended up getting getting away in some some loophole. Uh, so they took vengeance out on him, and he his spirit like comes back and attacks the children and kills them in their sleep. Uh, you know, it's it was a really original idea. The acting is pretty good. Robert England plays Freddy Krueger throughout the whole series. Um, and, you know, he's always great. He, he, in the first one, he's really, like, menacing and kind of creepy, and you never really fully see Freddy. Like, he's always in shadow uh, mm-hmm. and poor lighting. Uh, or you only see, like, bits and pieces of him, like his mouth or his eyes or things like that. You know, as the series went on, he became more of, like, a joker, and you saw him in, like, broad daylight and things like that. So some of the mystique was kind of lost. But mm-hmm. the first movie really emphasizes uh, atmosphere and just the idea of something being being able to kill you in your sleep where you're, like, you're most defenseless. Yeah. Uh, and it really opened up um, the book for, you know, different ideas on how people can be killed or like dream sequences and things that can happen. Uh, and it kind of like it, well, it was the first movie that Johnny Depp was ever in. Uh, he had kind of a smaller role. He played, um, Nancy's boyfriend. Nancy's the main character. She's played by, uh, Heather Lankenkamp. Um, but yeah, he, he plays her boyfriend. He doesn't have too many lines, I guess. And, but, you know, it kind of kickstarted his career, got him a little bit of recognition. Yeah, I mean, with the slasher genre, like a lot of people got their kind of start from there. So it's kind of interesting to go back and watch these and see how, you know, the bigger name actors started off. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I was surprised and totally like a different movie and everything. But uh, Matthew McConaughey. It takes Texas Chainsaw Massacre Next Generation. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember when I discovered that. I haven't seen the movie, but I was just like looking at something or maybe I was at the movie store, you know, when those used to exist and looking at stuff and I saw him on there. I was like, what the? Yeah, there's a whole list of them that they're just kind of funny. Like, you know, most people know that Jamie Lee Curtis got her start in, in Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Kevin Bacon, he got his start in the first Friday the 13th. And, you know, like you mentioned, um, Matthew McConaughey, also Renee Zellweger is in that movie as well. (laughs) (laughs) So I saw a review one time online that somebody said, it's the craziest movie to star two um, future Academy Award winners in Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) Nice. yeah, that one's kind of interesting. But yeah, A Nightmare on Elm Street, it's it's a great movie. Um, you know, the the sequels, they kind of are what they are. Uh, you know, they kind of range in in value, I guess, or like rewatchability. Um, but yeah, definitely the first one. It's a classic and it's it deserves to be watched. And... So what's your second movie? Well, I just realized listening to you again that I didn't say anything about the actors in Saw, but that's okay. That's I'm not going to go backwards with that. But the so I was torn for my second one. Um, so I'll I'll kind of mention the two that I was thinking of, and then go with the one that I decided to pick. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But the, here's the funny thing. So Saw came out in 2004. The three that I ha- I was kind of torn between on picking for the second one all came out in 2003. <laughs> so, like, I don't know what that may mean or whatever, but just, anyways, take that for what it's worth. So, um, the first one I was thinking of was the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Um, that was uh, pretty well done. I, I've... I don't think I've seen any of the other ones, other of the remakes or original or anything like that. But uh, I I do remember the experience of watching that movie. Had a really good time with it. Um, actually, really, really wanted to because the movie theater in the town um, that I lived in was right next to a cornfield. Uh, we saw it on opening night. And so I really wanted to come back the following night for the midnight show and like mm-hmm. come out of the cornfield with a chainsaw just to like freak everybody out that that would have been an amazing story to share but yeah that would have been great i'm sure somebody would have probably like it would have been something stupid there would have been an accident (laughs) knowing me you would end up getting shot by someone who had a concealed weapon yeah exactly right (laughs) um so so the other one that i was uh thinking of then was wrong turn Mm mm-hmm that was a that was a pretty good one that came out in two thousand three. Remember and enjoying that one. I watched uh, so Chainsaw Massacre. I just saw that once. Uh, Wrong Turn. I remember watching a couple times. So um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Don't need to explain that one because if you know anything about horror movies, you know that Wrong Turn is just uh, people their cars break down in the wilderness of Virginia or West no West Virginia. Yeah, West and, Virginia. I think. Yeah, and there are cannibalistic. Uh, inbred mountain people that basically hunt them down so uh there's that one it's kind of like uh deliverance meets texas chainsaw massacre yeah (laughs) no i could see that uh but the one that i landed on then is um uh it i've seen in some places and technically they're not labeling as horror but i'm gonna say it's horror because there's a killer in it and goes around killing people. So I don't know why I wouldn't. Um, but do you know the movie identity? Um, yeah, I mean, I've never seen it, but I know what you're talking about. John Cusack, uh, Ray, Lo- uh, Leo. And, uh, I mean, there are a couple other people, uh, well known. Amanda P is in that too. Sounds about right. Maybe I don't have the whole list. Oh yes, yep, yeah. So um, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna include it because I think it's close enough. Because there is a killer, um, and it's just really kind of interesting. I don't really want to explain too much of it, especially since you haven't seen it. I think you should see it sometime, Brandon. But essentially, different things happen to uh, these different people, and they are kind of forced to. There's a, a, a rainstorm and there's flooding, and so they are forced to stay, uh, seek shelter at this motel. And you mm-hmm. start learning things about them, and some of them know each other, and there's something, uh, and a lot of them are linked together, and then they start getting killed. And you don't really understand why uh, for a majority of the movie. And there's kind of like an alternate. Um, 
a parallel story going along with it. And so you're trying to make sense on what's happening. And so it falls again, kind of in the same thing with um, Saw, where it's like a psychological uh, thriller and things like that. So I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I actually don't want, like I said, to give too much away because I think you should watch Brandon and share your thoughts sometime. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to check it out because I, I do enjoy like a good uh, psychological thriller as well. Yeah, and that's the thing too where it's just kind of like, you know, I mean, I feel like there's more on the psychological side of it, but the fact that, I mean, the the base of the movie is that there's somebody going around killing these people. And yeah, I mean, it's kind of like falls into the same area as Silence of the Lambs or Seven, it sounds like. Yeah, I thought about, where, yeah. Yeah, where the idea, you know, it's it's a, they're about killers, like vicious killers. Um, you know, especially with Silence of the Lambs, like you got a killer that like, uh, cuts the skin off women to make a suit. But then, like in the meantime, there's also a cannibalistic former psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everything about that says horror, but you know, it's considered a psychological thriller. Yeah. Well, and then that was uh, you brought up seven, and I was thinking about seven, and seven was kind of it. Uh, I felt like it was almost kind of it, except for the only the reason why I felt like identity fit more than seven was because seven was more of a murderer like somebody was going around killing people you didn't like there yeah. weren't there wasn't like a set cast and then one by one they're getting killed that's the difference mm -hmm. with identity where there's like people in this motel i don't know um like let's just say there's seven people and slowly one by one they start getting killed so it's that falls more into horror than somebody going out and murdering people, in my opinion, you know, mm. just random people. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I wanted to include that. It's good. I, um, and if you haven't seen it, recommend it. Uh, uh, it's hour and a half long. It's a uh, pretty good performance, uh, good quality put together movie. And uh, yeah, I'd be surprised if anybody kind of, figures out because it's another one too where at the uh towards the end they kind of throw you a curveball and it's like oh nice yeah. now uh we went for a while do you do you want to do the video games or do you want to do a separate one for that i'm down for either or i don't oh we can we can quickly go through them you want to start it off since i started off the movies yeah sure i can do that <clears throat> um so uh well actually you know i think i have I, I might have more than you so i'll let you go okay yeah first. i just picked two okay and, and i can't remember what's which ones you pick so i think i have more to choose from so i'll let you go first <laughs> so i don't pick it okay um the you know, first one i picked is uh it's a newer game came out a couple years ago it's uh friday the 13th the game um it was the one that you and i played a lot mm -hmm. uh, when it came out at least in physical form, because I wanted to have a physical copy of it. I'm kind of old school that way. Um, but, you know, it's your typical, like, survivor game. It's set up, you mostly play online with, uh, was it like eight people? Um, I think it's, I see there's, well, I think it's eight, because I think it's more yeah. than six. Yeah. Yeah, so, 
um, you all you like you pick a map and you get set in this map and one person randomly gets chosen as Jason and then the others are set up as counselors and the counselors have to either try to kill Jason uh, lasso the timer or escape in various ways like on a boat or through a car or by calling the police and going out the exit um, and in the meantime person playing as Jason, for them to win, they have to go around and kill all the counselors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty straightforward, simple. Um, it's really similar to Dead by Daylight. Uh, you know, but just has the, the Friday 13th feel to it. And it's, you know, it's pretty true to the movies. Um, you know, I went a little while without watching some of the Friday 13th movies and paying super close attention, but I saw two of them in a the theater on the last Friday the 13th there. Uh, was it last month, I think? Yeah, it was in September. Uh, I watched the second one and the fourth one. And there are maps based on the two areas in those movies. And they are so close. It like the, When they made that game, like the designers and like the game developers, like, must have watched those movies like numerous times to get everything down, even with like where the furniture is set in the cabins um, or like exact to what's in the movie. It's nuts. Well, I'm sure I, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they went to some of the locations too. Yeah. I know some of the locations do still exist. Um, at least like the area of the land is pretty much the same. Some of the buildings were built just for the movies. So, um, some of them don't exist anymore or like they've changed over the years, but yeah, I mean the game, it, like it was made for fans of the series. Uh, it was a, an, an independent game that was funded through uh, Kickstarter. So, you know, it's you know made by a small company. It had its fair share of glitches. Anybody who's ever played it knows that mm-hmm. uh, it's not hundred percent perfect, but it's it's fun for what it is, and it's just it's just nice to have a Friday the Thirteenth game on you know PlayStation Four, Xbox One, PC, and I think it's on Switch even now. Yeah, I think I may have seen that as well. But yeah, it's just a fun game. You know, play even with randoms, random people online, or you know, to get a group of friends and stuff. It's it's a good time. So, what's your your first one you got? Uh, the first one I have is. Um is a pretty popular game. Some people might not consider it to be a horror game, but is listed under so many horror lists. Um, And that is The Last of Us. Mm -hmm. Uh, It came out in 2013. There's going to be a new one coming out next year. Um, Just really fantastic. Um, I know there are a lot of zombie games out there and everything, and they they never call them zombies, though, in this game. Um. But essentially, that that is what it is. You know, this guy, um, the story picks up where this guy is with his daughter and the zombie apocalypse essentially starts happening. And it's just kind of like a short little clip of the before. And then it goes into, I think, like five years after it happened or something like that and what the world is afterwards. And they travel through the United States uh, trying to get to different locations and you see a lot of different um, environments and um, they they have different names for them. Uh, they call 
a couple different versions of them are they call them clickers because they get so infested that they um get like some happens with their faces and everything so they actually can't see so they're kind of like bats and so they operate by sound oh so yeah like echolocation yeah and so they have this like clicking thing that they do uh which i think is kind of part of that and then there are ones who like who get really bad and they turn into these things that are like bloaters and so they're these huge guys that are contaminated and they can uh try to contaminate you and so on and so forth but uh yeah, it's a really, really great game. Well written, uh, well put together. I mean, of course, so well they're going to be making a second one. The storyline is great. Um, I'll put in the plug here. We do a lot with movies and TV shows on this. Basically, this is kind of like anything and everything that's outside of our sports talk. And so we've talked about doing a few things video game specific. And so Brandon and I, at some point, because this game became free on police, uh, PlayStation, PlayStation. Um, and so we both have the game now. So we're thinking at some point that we might play through the game, like maybe do it chapter by chapter or something, uh, or try to play at the same pace and discuss it, you know, either in an episode or maybe on a regular basis uh, at some point. And so mm-hmm. that'll be kind of fun because that'll be kind of our first video game focus. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested to to play that game. Um, you know, just from, like, the playthroughs and, like, the screenshots and stuff. Because, you know, I remember when it came out and I was interested in it, but at the time I didn't have a... Because it was on PlayStation 3 first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, by that time, you know, I wasn't playing too much PlayStation. And then, like, when they had the remastered version come out on PlayStation 4, I didn't have a PlayStation 4 at the time. But, you know, as soon as it came up as free, I was all over it. It was actually in my my Amazon list, like, the physical copy. Waiting oh, to nice. buy it. And then when it came up free, I was like, oh, I saved myself some money there. Nice. Yeah. Um... Oh, crap. What was I going to say? Ah, uh, no, I'm going to forget it. Eh. Eh. Dang it. <laughs> well, I'll go on to my next one. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, there's quite a few that I could I could really pick from. I know one of them is on your list because we both played it. Um, and it was the reason, a lot of the reason why I got a PlayStation 4. Um, most of the reason I got a PlayStation 4 was because of the Friday 13th game, and I really wanted to play that. Um. But so I'll just go a little old school then because I'll I'll let you mention the other one because I'm sure you know what that is. Oh, you can. Um, I mean, if you want to, you can. I'm prepared for a different one if you want. It's, it's <laughs> totally up to you. Uh, I'll do my old school pick here. Okay. Um, you know, one of the first horror movie or horror not movie horror games that came out and to get like wide um, recognition and notoriety is Castlevania. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the the NES. Um, just a just a fun game. It's it's a really difficult game, you know. Like most of the NES games are, uh, you know, centers around um, Simon Belmont. He has to try to like save the city from Dracula. Uh, so you know, Dracula is the final boss. You, you go through a lot of the 
the horror movie tropes. You know, there's like werewolves and Medusa heads and bats and, you know, you fight against death and Frankenstein and mummies and everything in it. Um, you know, and kind of as it goes on, it gets harder and harder. And I've actually never beat this game. Uh, I've seen it beaten. Uh, you know, I watched the Angry Video Game Nerd review of the whole series that he did. It was pretty awesome. Uh, but yeah, very difficult game. I, man, I I have it on my, my Wii on Virtual Console. And every once in a while, I'll pick it up and play it. And I was like, okay, this is the time where I'm going to finally beat this level. And I, I can't beat the level with, with uh, the Grim Reaper in it. Okay. Like, I think I've only ever gotten to him once, and he was just so difficult, I can't beat him. And I think that's, like, the second to the last level, because the next level you go through Dracula's castle, and, like, you have to fight two forms of Dracula. Okay. On, like, a single life meter, and it's it's so difficult. Yeah, I know I have not been in that game. I don't think I've even played much of it, really, at all. That was, like, yeah, very I've... early stages. I've played Castlevania, uh, Castlevania Two: Simon's Quest, and I've played uh, Super Castlevania Four, which is a really awesome game too. Um, my brother actually bought that one when he was in college, I think, because he took the Super Nintendo with him and got got that game. You know, a lot later after it came out, but you know, still a really fun game. Yeah, very nice. So what is your next one? Uh, so the next one for me, I will go ahead and mention, because uh, we we cannot have this conversation without mentioning it. Um, because, I, again, like I'm not as well versed in horror video games. Uh, um, I mean, I, I think there are plenty out there, too, that, Brandon, uh, you haven't checked out. But there are going to people be people who have played them all and everything. But in looking at a bunch of lists too before this all of them mentioned this one a lot of the times it was uh in the top couple like two or three it, it's fantastic if you are a horror movie fan and you play video games and you have not played this one then you really need to because not only is it a horror video game it it's like a movie um very cinematic um, and the the game is called Until Dawn. It came out. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, I can't remember. Why can't I? I had it somewhere. Uh, 2015 came out in 2015, and it's uh, it basically most of what you're doing is just making decisions for the people in the game. There's a group of six or eight or something like that that are um these kids that go up to a ski lodge where. Um, they kind of have a reun- uh, they reunite. They haven't been there for a long time because last time they were there, there was an accident and two two of their friends died. And um, you know, weird things start happening, and they they are obviously isolated out here on this mountain at a ski uh, like a private ski resort thing. And it it's just very well done. The story's great. It's very immersive. Um, a lot of stuff going on and just uh, I'm probably actually about to play it again. Um, and I'll kind of ex- explain some reasoning with that 
that'll go into a couple other things here in a second, but just really well done. I want, I want to give you an opportunity, Brandon, too, to give some thoughts on it as well. Yeah, that was the other game I was talking about, which is the reason I bought a PlayStation 4. And it was actually the first game I bought for PlayStation 4. Uh, when I bought bought mine, it came with Uncharted 4. Um, I played that a little bit, but I had to make sure that I got Until Dawn. Just because I remember when it came out, I remember the idea. And I'm like, why has this never been done before? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you said, it's very cinematic. Uh, you make decisions. Uh, you There's like quick time events where... You know, you're like running away and you have to push like the buttons that pop up on the screen. You know, sometimes you have enough time to do it. Other times, like they pop up out of nowhere and you're like scrambling to do it. Um, And every action you have and every decision you make, like it affects what happens in the game. Like, and then there's like million, like hundreds of different endings to the game too, as well, depending on the decisions you make. so you can have like all the people survive. You can have all the people die mm-hmm. and you know, everywhere in between. I kind of want to know how quickly you, how short you could make the game by just letting everybody die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, never, I guess I never really thought about that. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I wanted to kind of mention that cause here's another thing. And I might talk about it a little bit more. Uh, right now, my work schedule has not been very kind to me, so it's been kind of on the back burner. But uh, probably most everyone who listens is familiar with the concept of what video game streaming is. Uh, it's become ever popular because of the streamer known as Ninja, who's like makes millions of dollars and uh, is also a Detroit Lions fan, so you see him around. Um, but I do that. Whenever I play games, I stream it when I do it. Uh, there are certain people that I know that hang out. I have a good time because it's nice chatting with people about the game. And actually, it's rather informative sometimes mm-hmm. um, with what people know. So it's a good time. Uh, and since it's October, I'm going to be going back and playing Until Dawn again because it's just a perfect game for October. And uh, they also did a second game that just came out not too long ago called Man of Medan. I will definitely say Until Dawn is the better game. Man of Medan the story did not live up to what until dawn produced, but there appears that there's going to be another one that they're making too. So maybe that one will kind of redeem them. Uh, so I'm going to be playing until dawn. Maybe if I have time, I'll play man of meaning in the month of October as well. Um, but speaking of the whole idea of uh, streaming games. So there are actually horror games. I've watched people play that I myself have not played um, mm-hmm. either from, you know, me deciding uh, I don't really have enough money to buy this game, but I'm kind of curious about it or just me watching different people, people's channels. And it was a game that they randomly start watching or playing. So a couple other games that I want to, uh, I'm going to mention kind of like three honorable mentions here. Um, and the first one is actually based off of a movie and that's alien isolation. Uh, that's a good one. Cause that, if I'm not mistaken from what I've seen from it, is you know you're not fighting you're not attacking the alien you're just surviving and trying to get away from it Mm -hmm. uh so that's that's an interesting one and uh another one to and this is uh this is a two game series is called outlast 
like holy crap if you want to see a scary game this is a scary game there's a <laughs> there's the first one and then there's the second one and both of them if i'm not mistaken are the same where like alien you you are not an aggressor you do not defend yourself you do not fight the whole thing is like you're in this place this situation and you are just trying to basically survive and get out and um I can't remember if both of them are like this, but one of them you're like documenting something or whatever. So it's kind of like uh, Blair Witch where you have a camera and you're going around and sometimes you can only see if you have batteries for your camera. Mm. So really intense. Um, the other one that I've watched somebody play that is um, another really insane one this one though um you you do i mean it's a, kind of a standard horror game you have a weapon and you're trying to survive but that's called evil within and then there's the evil within too uh kind of a little bit more on the psychological side so th- those are some interesting ones some um honorable mentions kind of there to talk about but yeah un- i think uh, well i don't know uh would you kind of say until dawn or friday the 13th is uh more your favorite Hmm. Well, I had a lot of fun playing both of them. Um, you know, Until Dawn was Until Dawn is the better made game for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's more story based than anything else. But if you're going for just like pure fun, I guess, and entertainment, I'd probably go with Friday the Thirteenth because it's something you can pick up quick. Yeah, and you know, play a little bit of, and you know, have a good time, and it's. It's multiplayer where until dawn, it's you know, you're gonna get kind of get pulled into the story, and it's not something you can just pick up and play. Uh, you know, the story's a little long, you know, it took me a couple weeks, I think, to play all the way through it. Yeah, but you know, it's the better made game, I would say. Yeah, it's definitely uh, one where you know, every time you're gonna pick it up, you have to give it some time because. Sometimes you'll get sucked into a, a uh, dialogue heavy part, which is, which is all like all of it's good. Like it's entertaining yeah. and they do a fantastic job with it. But because it is a cinematic game, they have to develop it that way. So there are mm-hmm. some times where you're not doing a whole lot and you're just kind of like learning about the story. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, no, good stuff. So. Okay, and from there, we can go into our last segment, which is suggestions. Thank you! I love that one girl that's in there that you can hear every time where she's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Uh, yeah, so this week's suggestions, it is my turn. Um, I got a couple here, uh, and they're, they're vastly different. Uh, I mentioned earlier about the Banana Splits movie. Uh, if you guys think that sounds interesting to you, you know, animatronic um animatronic like animals i guess going um haywire and just killing people after a child show uh pretty interesting 
Um, it wasn't meant to be like 100% serious, so you know, there's some kind of comedic stuff in it. It is just, it, I don't know, it was just entertaining to me. Um, and that's on sci fi. They'll probably be showing it a whole bunch. You know, if you just have um, satellite or cable TV, you can probably check it out. Uh, I watched it on demand on the sci fi app on Apple TV. So you can check it out there too as well. Um, I think you can actually rent it from Amazon Prime as well, you know, for like $3.99, something like that. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is the show The Goldbergs on ABC. Uh, I've been watching that for a few years. Oh, That's my a good gosh, f- you talk about it all. Th- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it's a good family comedy, uh, kind of, you know, kind of in the tone of, you know, the classic family comedies from like the 90s and 80s. It's actually set in the 80s, and it, they do a really good job of making it feel like it's from that decade, just with the things in the background that you see, uh, the stories that they go on about. And, you know, the coolest thing about it is that each episode uh, revolves around something that happened in like the the writer and you know creator's life um the, he had like a video camera back in the 80s and he took a lot of videos uh, of his family and everything and you know a lot of times at the end of the show they'll show like short clips of his home videos from when he was a kid so it's it's pretty interesting and a lot of times they have the actual people that were like, in his life in the show playing just cameo roles and I think I actually had this, I might have had this as a suggestion before, but, you know, just just a really fun show, and I feel like it deserves a little more credit. It, you know, it's been on for a while, but, you know, just a good, like, family comedy that, you know, all the whole family can watch. Yeah. No, I've seen, I, I really want to get around to watching that at some point, because I've seen uh, a lot around it and everything. It does look good, so. Yeah, and I mean, the whole thing is on Hulu. They have, like, the whole series on there, so... Nice. Yeah, if you guys ever get a chance, check it out. And continuing with our streak of one-liners, uh, we will do that again, and then we'll post it up for for vote. And I believe I'm ahead 2-1 to one right now. Which one did I uh, win? Do you remember? I, I believe you won last week. Okay. So, so the... Uh, uh, what's his name? Steven Seagal one? Steven. No, you didn't last week. You had the, the Chuck Norris one. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And that was yeah. the one at one. Two weeks ago was the Steven Seagal, and I won with the, you cracked my wood, and that's no good. Dang it, man. <laughs> what is wrong with you people? Why are you voting I for like, this guy? I liked yours, actually. I think I voted for yours. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'll start it off this time, because I think you've started it off almost every other time. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, and mine comes from the classic movie um, Total Recall with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And there's a scene where he finds out his wife is a bad guy the whole time, and they're fighting with each other. And Arnold stops and draws a gun on her, and she's like, Honey, you forget we're married. And then he shoots her right between the eyes and says, Consider that a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> that gets me every single time. <laughs> so what like you... what 
what were they expecting with the like response with that? Right. <laughs> we're married, so consider anyway. that a divorce. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Well, mine comes from uh, his cohort. I feel like sometimes, uh, sometime we might have to, uh, you know, do it by actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we did the Steven Seagal, but uh, I'm doing his cohort there with uh, Mr. Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> um, I actually, I don't know exactly when it might line up year-wise, but uh, it's from an older one and maybe not quite as popular one that uh, people might not be familiar with, but Cobra. Oh, yeah. And so he is a police officer or detective or something like that. And this is towards the end of the movie. He's cornered his bad guy and the guy essentially gives himself up and he's just like you'll put me in court and they'll just find me insane so basically i mean i kind of get away with this and they're not going to do anything about that because and he says court is civilized and then he says and and so sylvester stallone replies the way says and uh his reply is this is where the law stops and i start (laughs) sucker And yes, he does say sucka. Oh, man. So, like, it, it could have gone the classic route of, you know, I'm above the law and different things like that. But the sucka at the end of it just is like, I I read it and I was like, wait a minute, did that really happen? Then I went and I watched and I was like, oh, my gosh, that really did happen. <laughs> uh, actually, my favorite thing with uh, Cobra like it wasn't even like part of the movie it was just a movie poster mm-hmm. and i don't know if you remember it uh a picture of stallone uh with a leather jacket on and sunglasses and like a huge gun <laughs> and the tagline always cracks me up it says crime is a disease meet the cure yes <laughs> actually i think he says that somewhere in there too you're the disease i'm the cure yeah, maybe in the the supermarket scene. Yeah, it's been such a long time since I watched that movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a, a good old classic Canon Films movie. Yeah, <laughs> we might have to get around to watching that one too because that's just a. I think I own that one. A fun movie. Yeah. I might own it too. I know I used to have it on VHS, but I think I might have it on DVD somewhere. Yes. Well, before we end, I am going to do a little bit of a plug because I was talking about it. Um, So for anybody who's interested, um, there used to be a time uh, when life was a little bit more normal that Brain and I would play uh, once a week online Mm -hmm. and I would actually stream it um, and we'd actually have a good time with it. um, It was actually pretty fun because usually we kind of have like a question of the night and it's bring up conversations and like it was always about movies. But um, I do stream. Like I said, uh, work has not been kind to me, so I don't do it as uh, regularly as I do. But when I do play Until Dawn, I will probably share a link to it um, for those who might be interested. And you can um, you can check it out. I will warn you, I am a night owl, so I usually don't play until midnight, even during the week. <laughs> So, if you're not up late, then you probably will miss it. But, if you're really interested and go to the same site, it'll be recorded and there'll be past streams. But, anyways, yeah, uh, Brandon and I might do some stuff with that. 
um, maybe in the future with uh, doing some streaming stuff for the the podcast too. But who knows? Yeah. yeah. So I will I'll, I will provide a link uh, in different places where you guys can find to go to that. It's uh, it's on Mixer. So I will let you guys know. But that's it. I'm done. Rock. All right. So with that, um, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, Next week, we will be talking about Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Um, We'll post a question about it, kind of like what we did with Friday the 13th. Um, We'll get some of your guys' opinions on it and if you've ever seen it and what you think of it. Um, Until then, uh, I am Brandon. He is Caleb. And... This time it's personal. <laughs>